Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 155, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, yeah! production of High Heart Radio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Ben Shapiro, fuck Tucker Carlson, fuck J.K. Rowling, fuck Fondant. It's Monday, October 12th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I can't wear no active fashion. <laughs> I can't wear no active fashion. My white thighs, my white thighs, my white thighs, my white thighs. I can't tan no, 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 no. Uh, that is courtesy of Trek Gang, and I am thrilled to be joined as always by my co host. Mr. Miles Gray! I like the mush. I like the mushy fries. The mushy fries. They are a late night snack with mix up and turf. I like the mushy fries. Anyway, shout out to the Discord, uh, the AKA's channel over there. They heard I'm a mush boy. Uh, I've always been a mush boy on my way to being a mush man. The mush man prophecies coming this winter to a theater <laughs> near you. Uh, shout out to Toilet Ghost on the Discord for that AKA. And thank y'all for saving me from looking at Twitter by hopping on the Discord. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Mush King. Yeah, you just like stringy mashed potatoes. That is your version of French fries. Yeah, I think uh, I, what I all, I remember one time, you know, like those Play-Doh things where you could just push the yeah. Play-Doh through and it come out in different shapes. I put mashed potatoes in there once as a kid and just and tried to eat where, them. Uh, that's your that's, superhero origin story. That's how that's how you came to be the Mush King that you are. <laughs> exactly. They don't know that when they they caught me in the back of a Toys R Us with my own mashed potatoes, <laughs> <laughs> cooking myself up some mush mush fries. Miles, we are very fortunate, thrilled, oh, yeah. in fact, lucky oh, yeah. to be joined in our third mm. seat by the hilarious, the brilliant, the talented Paula Vigonale. Hey. Hey. What's up, guys? How's What's it going? Up? How are you? Welcome back. I'm good. Welcome back. Just so relaxed in this political climate. Yeah. Just taking it easy. Feels like the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feels like the beach, indeed. Nice and easy. Sure. <laughs> What's the weather like? What's the air like? How's your air quality? I can't feel my body. Um, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's been actually not great. I'm in downtown LA and it's oh, yeah. been. Not good and loud, very loud. Lots of helicopters, uh, lots mm. of random noises and explosions. Mm. It's gotten better the last couple months, though, so that's mm. nice. My uh, fourth, nice. Of, my summer fireworks still haven't stopped in my neighborhood. Really? Where are you? I'm well, in, I don't know if you want to. I'm in. Well, you know, I'm I'm in the depths of the San Fernando Valley, uh, mm. where <laughs> it's active still. I, I still get like every night. There's at least two of them going off, like significant popping bangy things whatever the kids are into i i just like to think that somewhere mary and pippin are having a great old time just Mm. wreaking havoc across this country you know Mm. (laughs) all right paul of you we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about uh we are going to uh do a outdated but still relevant rundown of just the latest in the president's continuing deteriorating mental state. Uh, We're going to talk about what the president had to say to Gretchen Whitmer at the end of the week last week when 
Uh, it was revealed that people who follow him were planning to kidnap and kill her. He was like, you're welcome, which was an interesting take. Yeah, we're also uh, recording this. It, there's no telling what what is going to happen in the in the future, but we are recording this before Trump has his rally. I guess he's announced that he's planning to have a rally, uh, possibly at the White House, in lieu of any sort of debate or any sort of non propagandic actual uh, appearance, normal presidential appearance. We'll see. Uh, you guys have seen, but. Uh, well, yeah, that's a thing. I, <laughs> he's got to get out there, man, so he can just cough behind like a, a like a cape or something. I don't know what the fuck is gonna look like. He's gonna like dangle a baby from a balcony or something. Who he's knows? Really gonna that. He's gonna get, he's really get John Cena. Point. Get John yeah. Cena. Put him in a Trump outfit and then have him break <laughs> shit from the balcony. Pay whatever it takes. No, they won't be able to tell no, from no. that far. He would dress John Cena up as a coronavirus and then hit him with a chair. That's yeah. what Trump oh, would do. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about how Pope Francis has been Bernie-pilled. Uh, he's a Bernie bro now. We're going to talk about Hubie. We're going to talk Emily in Paris. The show based <laughs> off of that uh, Watch the Thrones song. Uh, all of that, plenty more. <laughs> but first, Polly, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are. Okay, this is um, the last thing I searched, which I think is very cute. I saw a tweet online, and it was this black uh, female doctor, and she said that one of her patients, um, I should find the tweet, but she said that one of her patients was scared, and then the, the parent was like, um, she's like, uh, you, your doctor looks just like you, and just like Doc McStuffins. And I was like, what's Doc McStuffins? And I looked it up, and it's this little um, animated show about a little black girl who cares for like all of her little stuffed animals and toys in her clinic. And it's so cute. And I was like, that's so adorable. Oh, that's, that's so sweet. sweet. Yeah. This is one of those rare moments from like, you heard it. Wait, you ain't heard of Doc McStuffins? I know oh. I hadn't. I don't know. I don't know what I, I blame growing up in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I blame being old because I only found out about the shit literally three months ago. Uh, and, and I was it, like, "What's this? Okay, all right." Doc. And it just ended in April. It was. Uh, it's from March 2012 to April 2020. Isn't that sweet, though? Yeah, totally. that is super that. sweet. I yeah. was not aware of it either. So that's that's on me. It's a Disney <laughs> thing. I think I've heard the uh, I've heard the theme song, but not up on the lore. I think actually we have uh, a Doc McStuffins doctor's kit. That you can buy where the kids like take care of stuffed animals, but oh, okay. that's so cute. Uh, I was gonna say you can use that uh, as a field medic kit, no matter where you go. Yes, to. I keep that to myself. The kids yeah. will uh, <laughs> find out about it in their own time. Uh, Pallavi, <laughs> what is what is something you think is underrated? Okay, this is a uh, real toxic of me after saying that cute ass thing. I just, <laughs> I think. I think sometimes ghosting is underrated. I think sometimes it's good. It depends on like the extent that you use it. But sometimes you just don't want to talk to people and they don't get the hint. And if it's like a random Tinder person or whatever, I think it's like okay to ghost depending on like how long you've talked to them for. That's the fuck boy in me though. My mattress is on the floor and I don't have a headboard. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your and your wallpaper is just the rock movie posters. 
Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> floor to ceiling. The rock. The rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean ghosting. You're so you're saying ghosting in the Tinder sense, not just generally like in your day to day life. Because I get what you're saying is like when in something like that where the interaction is no longer of value to one party and is not necessary. It's not necessarily disrespect. It's sort of like I mean I could be mad rude and be like, "Yo, stop messaging me," or right. yeah. just be a wall that you text at. Yeah, yeah, I guess what is the other alternative is like the emotionally mature thing is to have like an emotionally mature conversation where you're like, this is how I feel. This is how you make me feel. And therefore, I am assertive enough that I am now ending our relationship. Yes. Like, is and that which yeah. is historically women, women, men are great at handling um, that? Yeah, that exa- right. I was like exactly going to say, yeah, <laughs> women get great responses from yeah. being like, I'm not interested. <laughs> what the right. fuck? Thank you for being so fucking honest with me, you fuck. I appreciate I the also, respect, like, though. I also appreciate it. I appreciate that you're fucking emotionally mature, but I'm not, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also think ghosting is, like, also good in just, like, not, like, a real sense of, like, leaving the person forever. But mm. I also think there are some conversations where you just, like, don't want to respond because it's, like, going to be awkward or whatever. Right. And if, or, like, it's, like, people saying weird shit to you like with family or something so like individual conversations i'll sometimes ghost where i'm just like i'm not going to respond to this right now maybe i'll respond later but i don't want to deal with this right Right. now (laughs) like texting and stuff yeah and as a as an emotional like a a non-assertive person i have been in relationships where like i can't win the conversation like not win but like i can't control the conversation i just no, end there's up, a winner and loser in every conversation yeah, you I best just end up being believe. like yeah i guess you're right like i my yeah. fight yeah. or flight is like n- neither it's just to like freeze up and agree with whatever the other person oh, is no. saying so like i yeah ghosting is the i don't know the, the more honest thing to do in my case in some in some I'm cases. usually like very aggressive and straightforward, but sometimes I'm like, I just I gotta work, I don't have time for this shit, and then I just like forget about it. Right. <laughs> and yeah. then it's gone. And then I've ghosted them by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, sometimes uh you gotta be the ghost with the most, uh, to get your point across. Listen, yeah. Ghostbusters is all female cast. Now we're making the ghosts all female cast. Exactly. <laughs> okay? Boom. Thank you. We're taking it back. We're taking toxicity <laughs> back. Female, to- I have female toxic. Been getting that a lot on Twitter lately, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> is uh, Britney the leader of the movement, or what? How does I, you, how do I we use do that? that gif every time? Every time someone calls me toxic, I'm like, it's me, dun, dun, bitch, dun, dun, and I put dun, up dun, that. Dun, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Everybody has to sing it. We don't need everybody has to. It's a rule. Now, next time you go somebody, do that. Say that. (laughs) Yeah, more than like contagious yawn. If you do the the string sample from Toxic, yeah, everybody has to do it. Get it out of their system. What is something you think is overrated? Okay, I'm annoyed with this shit. I hate it. Um, like stealing content online bugs the shit out of me because. Mm. Why? Like comedians, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mean, my favorite comedian is the fat Jew, and oh, I think great. he's underrated. I agree. He's a tastemaker. He's the Scorsese of <laughs> of tweet stealers. <laughs> yeah, he's a tastemaker. It's just I don't know. It's so annoying because like I've gotten to know 
more like online personalities. And it's like, I don't know. You just like, fuck, like this affects their income, like directly. It affects like their opportunities directly. And so I've started to tell my like non-comic friends, I'm like, unfollow this fake ass account. They stole my friend's tweets and my non-comic friends like don't care. Yeah. They like don't. They're just like, I don't care. I like the follow. It's a good follow. And I'm like, these are people behind these accounts that are just benefiting off of like my friend's work. Like, what are you doing? Right. So it's been bugging the shit out of me. Like a lot of them, a lot of those like content curators, which what the fuck are you talking? Like, it, yeah. it sounds like an like an art gallery, but for dick jokes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Um, these content curators. Some of them will, like, pay or, like, ask and tag your thing. But, like, a lot of them just, like, take shit. Yeah, and, and even then, the tag, like, sure. But at the end of the day, they're guaranteeing, like, impressions or a certain amount of interaction, which makes them more, you know, attractive to people who'd want to pay for sponsored posts and things like that. And that whole ecosystem, it's all tied together. But I can only imagine, yeah. like, trying to get someone to care about like how this kind of joke theft or content theft like actually affects humans in real life because it's like another layer someone like too many people already don't even understand how their like labor is being exploited so then on top yeah. of it, like hey you know that fucking thing you stare at with your mouth open and giggle at that's also fucking someone up. like what do you tell it's just memes it's just memes right yeah just pictures. somebody makes us fucking memes what do you also, mean i'm like, just giving 60 hours of my life for fucking nothing <laughs> what are you talking about it's just work it's all good it's it's also like I don't it's like how like we all are trying to like raise our social media whatever like we try to like tweet and like put up content or whatever. I can't imagine like I hate that part. I hate the part of like like I love tweeting. I love coming up with jokes. I love whatever. But I hate the part where you're like you have to screenshot and then post it on Instagram and then post that to your store like the business part of it where yeah. pe- like you're trying to like get more followers. I fucking hate that part. So imagine that's like that's all your job is, is right. to like, but like what kind of bro- rotted brainwormy like thing, if that's all you do, you don't even come up with a creative part. <laughs> right. right. I can't imagine what a dinner conversation would be like with you. <laughs> like, but I feel like that's the direction so much of our culture is going, like sort of the uh, curating, like valuing people who are good at like curating things and like finding uh, cool things out of like a just massive amount of information. Like, I don't think it's great, but I do, I do feel like that is just generally like the values that have taken hold in general, like on social media, yeah. like, like memes come from a book that was literally, it's the book that introduced the idea of genes also introduced the idea of memes. And it's just like, a meme is like this disembodied idea where the whole goal of the idea is to reproduce itself. And it like that book, like Richard Dawkins didn't write about it as like, you know, and that's intellectual property. It was just like this disembodied thing where like, if the idea that is created is replicable, then it is a successful meme, but it's just weird. There, there is like an inherent contradiction there. Yeah. Especially when you're a really talented writer who is putting your talents into creating something and then it just reproduces out of control and people remove uh, the author's name from it, which is annoying and nobody should ever do. Dana Donnelly, um, who's been on this podcast before, had like a really great tweet that I like have like I've always like thought that, but she put it into words and it was about how like 
if not enough people, I forget exactly what she said, but if like, if not enough people replicate it, then it's stealing. But if enough people do it, then it's a meme. Right. You know right. what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's but I think that that's threshold? like slight. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that threshold is, but I, I think even beyond that, like with memes, like people like change the punchline. They change, they try to come up with like clever right. ways, but this like screenshotting and just like posting it onto your own thing with that, like, that's like, you get money for that. That's right. like, like, that's more obvious of like a fucked up thing. Let's yeah. at least start there. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, but that's almost like bringing like a cell phone camera to a movie and taping it on your cell phone and yeah. then hooking your phone up to a projector at your own janky the theater. And people are like, yeah, man, I love Charging this place. Price. And you're like, yo, this, this is the shitty version of the real one over. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? They're like, I don't know. I just, it's less, less to think about. I follow this one thing. I don't have to, to. Yeah. But then there's also the thing where everybody has the same idea at the same time and it seems like they're uh, copying off each other. I forget which news story involving Trump. uh, Oh, I think it was when he tested positive for COVID. And like I saw 30 people tweet, I did not see that coming, like Nazi, but Nazi. Oh, yeah. And uh, at first I was like, oh, man, they're like, ripping each other off but then as more and more people made that exact same joke i was like wow it's just our brains are all like the I, same i've tried to recently and there's like some people i've made friends with some twitter people and some of us have this attitude of like well like i i've deleted viral tweets where it was parallel thought mm-hmm. because you want your jokes to be like unique right, right. So I've started doing that. And before I, with stand-up, I used to not do that as much. I used to be like, well, we both thought of it. We're going to deliver it in a different way. Right. It's going to be a different thing. Um, but now with like tweets, I'm like, oh, it's like the exact same line. Like, I don't want someone to look up this joke and then see like 30 other people right. <laughs> make this joke. So like there have been ones that have been like, like it was on the way up and it looked like it would hit like maybe 100K in the next day. And I just like deleted it because somebody with like 900 followers also did it or whatever. Right. But it's like, so I, I have that attitude. I know like a lot of other people don't. But I'm like, why wouldn't you want your feed to be like, why wouldn't you if you're a creative, if you're like making the content, yeah. like you don't you don't want to have hack jokes, you know? So like I will just tell my friends, I'm like, hey, by the way, somebody else did this joke and then like leave it up to them to de- to delete. But like, I know there, there are a few of us who are like, oh, yeah, I'm deleting that immediately because it's not right. unique. Totally. I don't know. Um, but it's hard. But I think you're right in think. terms of like stand up, because that's a thing that also like began being policed incredibly strictly uh the, like if people had like similar observations yeah. and it's just like but i mean at a certain point like a lot of it is who is saying it and how they're saying it and, yeah for sure i mean and like the context and like the uh, yeah a lot of us are coming up with like very similar ideas it's like i think stand up has more flexibility and like how in all of those things yeah but and finally what is a myth what something people think is true you know to be false or vice versa Okay, so I was looking this up. It's hard for me to like nail it down, but I was thinking this right before. But apparently, um, negative messaging politically, uh, or the framing of things in a negative manner, aren't isn't necessarily better than positive framing. And sometimes positive framing works better. Um, I apparently like people do use negative framing for like trying to get people to vote. Like if you try to motivate people with like loss, they're more Fears. likely to, yeah. So people think that, but then in the at least laboratory wise um versus real world it's not necessarily like been confirmed Mm. so like i i have heard on other like political podcasts and stuff that positive messaging works better and maybe it depends on like the time frame and like 
if it's people have said like super PACs versus the politicians themselves is like slightly different. But uh, yeah, I think the myth is that negative framing is not necessarily more of a motivator for like, oh, real world action. Well, you better tell dear leader Trump because uh, <laughs> I got hit with not even joking, like 72 straight mid roll ads when I'm trying to watch Married at First Sight on the Lifetime app. Uh, because yes, I will choose a 30 second interactive ad to, uh, shorten my advertising watching experience, but they keep playing this same one. And it's the most low energy fear mongery ad where it's like all these just, I mean, these like retired cops who are the most inarticulate, like unconvincing people to be like, you know, Joe Biden, he doesn't have the back, the backs of the police. So you better. He's, he can't, we don't <laughs> trust him. Another guy's like, Joe Biden, like- he's actually emboldening the people to do crime, and then they're boldened, then they're going to do more crime. If you don't These like crime, like- vote Trump. Failed SNL characters <laughs> for it, Weekend Update. <laughs> it feels like a, a sketch because like I watched it, and I even was like, yo, Her Majesty, get in here. Like, Is this compelling at all? Like, who? It's, it's such like an old school way of messaging. Like, It feels like just so dated that it's almost like, are you really only trying to talk to people over the age of 60? Because I feel like that's the only audience who's get this kind of messaging would resonate with. Right. And like white people over the age of 50, because I don't know if my parents would understand that. Like <laughs> Joel Biden. I mean, they got to yeah. first get people who can say his fucking name correctly in the ad. A guy called him Joe Biden. What if what if they call him Joe Biden and then they pronounce Kamala Harris perfectly? Like, yeah. <laughs> what if they're like more progressive than we think they are? It's not Kamala, it's Kamala. Okay, it's Kamala, and it's and Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they're not really doing a great job of laser precision targeting this no. time around. Maybe no. if they're if they're catching you. Scatter shot. I mean, I know <laughs> yeah. you are still an undecided voter, but uh, yeah, yeah. Miles, what do we have to do to convince you to? Vote <laughs> I don't for know. Joe you know, because <laughs> I'm worried about Biden. If the yeah. cops are not, if he doesn't have the cops' backs, then the I don't know what will happen. That these people <laughs> want to destroy our way of life. Right. It's true. <laughs> I like that they're retired cops. Dude, yeah. they so all like, look so it's racist. It's not even. <laughs> it's like. <freaking laughs> Oh, man. Uh, All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, in a continued update of our uh, newly recurring segment, what the fuck was that? We're we're going to take things back to the end of last week to last Thursday uh wherein Trump had a very interesting day, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's everything. Yeah. His doctor cleared the president to return to public engagements uh because the virus that we've been studying and uh learning about for the past year just stopped operating like it had in every instance up to that well, point. Well, we know everything his, about his, the, the virus. We all know that. His, you guys, you don't understand. His immune system just deployed some law and order, and right. now he's fine. <laughs> so Right. Um, yeah, it's just VIP syndrome that is going to kill the rest of us. Uh, yeah. And he also called into Hannity on Thursday night uh, and sounded not physically healthy, uh, which was... Or mentally. Right. 
everything. That's, that's been off. the case. He's been yeah. he again. He's insistent on projecting this image of health and vitality and strong uh, and not mushroom penis. So he'll do everything he can <laughs> to change his image. And when he called, it was so bad. You know, like when you do that shit where. You know, like we we talk on mics a lot, so you know the thing where you're about yeah. to cough and you kind of yeah. trying and to get the kinda, last of the like, momentum out <laughs> before you got to cough. You're like, hey, you know, because like right now, he was doing that shit throughout like, the whole. Taking... What if I just told you he was just taking a hit right there? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Hold up, bro. Hold on, I gotta put you on mute real quick, Sean. Fuck. All right, that was just a bong rip, dude. Not COVID, but he had this. He was throughout it trying to fight back his coughing. At one point, he clearly hit mute on his phone and then comes back. He's like, mm, all right, excuse me. Um, and at the same time, with his chest out being like, I'm feeling so good, so strong. Uh, y'all never seen me like this. I'm dunking on a 10-foot rim. Like, no bullshit. This is just all real, <laughs> like, wonderful improvements like I've made. I like how he was like, um, this was earlier this week, but he was like, I feel better than I did 20 years ago. And it's like, motherfucker, none of us felt good about you 20 years ago. (laughs) I don't care in your lifetime at what point you felt good. You were talking like you had neural syphilis in your 30s. Like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) This whole thing, right, is just, it's, again, there's no, there's no real concrete uh, information that feels like it's truly coming from like the mouth of medical experts and what objective medical observations would tell us about his health. It's all like, no, the president is the shit. His doctor got strong armed into clearing him to go back to, uh, you know, uh, public engagements. If he, we don't, we can't tell you the last time we tested him and he tested negative. And we also, they also have said, aside from like quite literally saying we, they're not sharing when the last time he tested negative was. They're also saying, like, they're not sharing whatever they would do if he tested positive again. They're like, mm, let's just ignore any of that because we can't I mean, scare him. I mean, because they they're not isolating him now. So, like, what in their what would change? He is positive. <laughs> like, Shouldn't we just assume that he's currently testing positive since they're not saying that he's not, and they're also not saying the last time he tested negative? Like, wouldn't? He oh yeah wouldn't he yes. be saying oh I just tested negative this morning like this if, is the, the man every time who manufactures receipts constantly to try and right. get himself out of shit you know what he I mean whether that's the like new CVS. <laughs> he's the CVS of politicians right, right. With the, like long ass fake ass receipts no one wants them they're useless and you're like looking at it you're like this is not a proof of purchase <laughs> sir this is a discount on Tide Pods the next time you come yeah. in. <laughs> Um, it's like, well, whatever, I got to go. But yeah, out to your point, like if they had the goods, you know, they would be marching up and down Pennsylvania Avenue, waving them around. And Dr. Fauci said the only way they could be unequivocal about that is if you got two PCR tests, uh, like within 24 hours and they both came back negative polymerase right. chain reaction tests. Okay. Right. Oh shit. We're getting science. Oh, you know what's happening? Yo, shout out to me in high school. Those PCR reaction tubes, I would steal them and I put like drugs in them. And I was like, yo, I got got Molly in this. The little one? Yeah. Look, look, I was in the lab and I was like, wait, what what are these tubes for? They're like, they're for the PCR test. I'm like, they're for Molly now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I don't want to say you're what's wrong with America, but I do feel like there's been a lot of uh, misinvestment in science. (laughs) Yeah, totally. 100%. (laughs) <laughs> These are, of course, the doctors who were left over after he demanded that his doctors uh, sign NDAs in 2019. Last time, yeah. So, 
Yeah, in 2019. Damn, he pulled a Beyonce on them. He was That's like, crazy. NDA or get the fuck you're about out. To be, yeah. You're about to be a part of a, a, a giant project called Coronavirus <laughs> Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, so people are suggesting that he's in a panic over his re-election bid, and that's why it's, if nothing else, like if you were part of his campaign, it would, you would be frustrated that he's become so distracted by proving that he's a strong boy. Like that he, he's going on Tucker Carlson like a few weeks before the election, uh, just to get a medical examination live on TV. Uh, or I guess he did that on Friday. Um, he, oh shit, he did. Yeah, on Friday. I mean, uh, it after hasn't we happened, recorded this, so we don't know. It oh. He might have canceled it. He's like, wait, I have to take my shirt off. Uh, but <laughs> can you just do it um, over the clothes? Yeah, this is his first live on TV with video appearance on TV, and he is, and probably not live, probably taped, but. Uh, it's it'll like have it, it's like his face on Tupac's hologram body. <laughs> really, <right. laughs> like, like I I just keep thinking about the medical perspective, like the doctors the, or the doctors who are working for him, and like what that must feel like. The like the the staff at Walter Reed and what like t- knowing that this man is responsible for the most misinformation a- across a nation, maybe across the world about coronavirus and how and like treating it. I'm obviously like they're professionals, so they like compartmentalize. But like, how fucking awful would it be to be like this is the person that is causing the death of healthcare workers that I know as yeah. a healthcare worker, and I have to treat this man and like he's gonna keep he's gonna go out and do it again. He's gonna do it worse and in a give fucking it to everyone with, else. In secret service, yeah, and like, I can't imagine. And then, like, to be like the—I don't know—just to be the person examining him on Tucker Carlson, <laughs> like that person's—that's gonna be, you know, that's gonna be like a clown character. You yeah, know, that's gonna hack. be somebody. Well, so else. it's uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, who is a Fox News doctor who has been responsible on Fox News repeatedly uh, spreading disinformation about the coronavirus. So they couldn't <laughs> even get like one of his. Uh, you know, <laughs> real doctors to Did to you, do the thing. Yo, can you imagine? They fucking like the doctor comes in and he goes, "Oh my god, this man is so <laughs> healthy. I can't even get near him." <laughs> Tucker, you have it's your just, information right no, there. Behold, behold this specimen. It's just a push-up competition. That's all it is. They're gonna arm oh, wrestle, yeah. and he's gonna be like, "It's God. It's clearly God." And I put that on God. Want to watch? Watch me push out a hundred right here. But then they have like a machine that's just like lifting him up and down. That so moves he's just the like, floor. He's like, watch yeah. this shit. Oh, yeah. You should feel these horseshoe triceps right now. Come here. Come here, Tucker. It's, yeah. He's it, like it, holding, it's gonna they're feel editing like, out coughs. Right? It's going to be, yeah. Like, I, I don't, you know, considering every single thing he's done to that bizarre Regeneron, you know, infomercial and telling seniors, like, guess what? I got, you know, discount cards coming your way. Like I honestly, right. I feel like they Regeneron would do some weird does shit. Seem like, like a promising treatment, so that is like a new, a new thing that he is doing, which is talking about an actually promising, like with scientific and medical uh, basis treatment. He's just uh, claiming that he's going to like have it shipped to every household. Right. But I'm wonder. I just want to like. Has has anyone asked him about hydroxychloroquine and why he didn't get it? Now, has no. Any, but everyone else is. I know. I'm like, I want a reporter to be like, why did you not use this? Yeah. Now. Right. Tell What's me up, why chump? right now. What happened to your fucking miracle cure, B? 
Oh, okay. So now you're on that Regeneron. The, okay, I see. It's the, it's the it's the same shit of like my son's not going to go to school, but yours should. I'm mailing in my vote, but you should. It's like the same fucking shit, but with his. I'm like, it's so. It's like I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what any of us say. He's just going to continue being crazy. So we just have to vote him out. <laughs> like that's all that can happen. Yeah. So he's continuing to spread discord. Like Gretchen Whitmer could have been in in any other White House. A uh, the the fact that the FBI foiled an, a uh, plot to kidnap and uh, presumably kill uh, the governor of Michigan. You know that would have been an off ramp for any other presidency. But because you know his end goal is, as a Yale psychiatrist put it, like he gets joy and excitement from seeing other people suffer he wants violence he wants to heighten this thing until people are being harmed uh so the way that he responded to that was and to finding out that uh two of the people who were involved in the plot were uh truckers for trump was to basically you know double down right yeah well you know in the beginning there were people on the news, especially like on the right, they're like, you know, these don't sound like right wingers. They're like anarchists because they <laughs> uh-huh. they hate both. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, so they, they would uh, they would attack a Trump rally. You telling me that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, then this information comes out. Yeah, two of the guys had like some yard signs. The two really cool roommates <laughs> that could have been us in a parallel universe. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack, just two two elderly millennials like trying to figure out how to do something <laughs> cool. They had. You know, they had the usual trappings of right winger shit of like they had the little snack flag, as we call the Gadsden flag, and they had mm-hmm. the, the Confederate flag flying outside their house. So, you know, very clear where they they sat in terms of where they might be getting energized, who might be getting them turned up off of Twitter. Um, and yeah, the whole thing was just with all this coming out and even more scrutiny on the president's words while he's also trying to, you know, there's additional scrutiny because his words are about how great he's doing physically uh he had to come out and really just find a way to make it seem like this wasn't his problem and i think the best way to do that was to just basically yell at the person who was the center of a kidnapping plot governor gretchen whitmer uh, he tweeted this is he he had he hit her with like three governor whitmer of michigan has done a terrible job she locked down her state for everyone except her husband's boating activities the federal government provided tremendous help to the great people of Michigan, my Justice Department and federal law enforcement announced today that they foiled a dangerous plot against the governor. Rather than say, thank you, she calls me a white supremacist. While Biden and Democrats refuse to condemn Antifa, anarchists, looters, and mobs that burn down Democrat-run cities, I do not tolerate any extreme violence. Defending all Americans, and even those who oppose and attack me, is what I will always do as your president. Governor Whitmer, Open up your state, open up your schools, and open up your churches. So this thing had it all. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it's like wild. Yeah. Also, like, this just reminded me of, like, how recent um, the Esther Salas case was, mm-hmm. where someone, like, murdered her son and, like, yeah. uh, like injured her husband. I think he's still, or he was hospitalized. Her husband was. I don't, I don't know. He's obviously still recovering, but, like, this shit is real for it's like there are real people who will like kill people in office and and to be encouraged by the the supposed leader of the free world. Like that's wild to me that the first thing that you wouldn't do is like 
condemn and then like offer some amount of comfort. There's no comfort ever coming from Trump. Like he cannot physically comfort and he's never in his life offered anyone comfort <laughs> ever. Oh, like, yeah. And when you ima- see it, it's like the we- most awkward shit. It's like he just like slapped that kid in the back. It was supposed to be like a hair tussle. <laughs> yeah, he like yeah, that's true. Even in person, he like doesn't know he's how like, to physically Ugh. interact with people. He's like, here's some paper towels, Puerto Ricans, wepa. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. But it's like it's a real threat. I can't I don't know. Yeah, and you know, there's still the headlines continue to still describe them as uh, militia members rather than domestic terrorists, uh, right? Because again, the the media it, again it, it's hard to keep hard to call white supremacy out or extremism or terrorism for what it is, especially when the subjects are not the typical uh, narrative that we see, which is uh, brown faces. Brown faces want to do all the bad stuff, uh, but it's just there prepared to when the election doesn't go the way that these people want it to i hope the media is prepared to call them terrorists when they respond with violence um yeah and it's interesting to see how the there's a lot of people doing 180s like even people in the michigan state legislature who are like you know in the beginning were like yo this is so fucking sick these people are at the capitol with their fucking ars and shit just trying to show show the governor what's up and a lot of like other uh, Democrats in the state legislature were like, yo, they're fucking high. Like the Republicans are high fiving some of these people with guns. Like what the fuck yep. is going on? Yeah. And then cut to after and they're like, obviously, these people are traitors. They're disgusting. They need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I'm like, y'all are complicit, too. You were getting, you know, key keying with them at the Capitol as well. But everyone it's everyone's being real slippery again, too, because even when all this stuff is on its way there, there's still people in office fanning that shit and, and being, you know, cheerleaders for them. It's like the cops like high five or like saying hi to Kyle Rittenhouse or whatever his name is. Right. Yeah. 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 Or the cops talking to the proud boys and telling them where to go to avoid being, uh, in the line of fire as they're, you know, taking out left-wing protesters. Yeah. Well, speaking of left-wing protesters, (laughs) Somebody say my name? No. <laughs> pope Francis, baby. Uh, the woke Pope is at it again. First, he was like, man, things don't look good o- over there <laughs> w- with this whole climate change thing. Y'all better. Uh... <laughs> Did he really Get say fuck it. like the world is ending? Was that, I mean, is that a direct was, quote? I, I, I took that to mean that. I mean, he obviously came he out and was condoms. like, he's like, yo, fuck, baby. <laughs> Fucking's like yeah. eating. It comes from God, and that's on God, okay? And mm. I'm the Pope, and you could take that to church. So mm. fuck away, y'all. Fuck away, <laughs> my children. Um, am I am I religious now? I like, know. Did I just get well, the way baptized? He was, the way he was talking about it was really, like, sensual. And I'm like, that's right, man, because food is like an experience, and sex is the same way we're, like, we're engaging with our senses. And I'm like, yo, like, ow, okay, okay, Pope okay. Nasty. Um, so cut to next week. Cardi B's interviewing him on her live Instagram. He's at a nail salon with her. Um, <laughs> they're having champagne, and he's like, I'm so glad you got rid of Offset Cardi. You know, uh, he wasn't shit, you know what I mean? And he wasn't respecting you. So, uh, I bless, I bless your next relationship. Uh, so he comes out and was really saying, like, looking at the pandemic, looking at how billionaires have just been siphoning all of the fucking wealth. Like you just check, look at the charts since March. 
the people who are making out of this shit like fucking bandits, it's you could just straight at the top. Look up there. And we need to normalize stealing from these people, by the way. So as he's looking at all of this, he he said he made this statement, quote, there were those who would have had us believe that freedom of the market was sufficient to keep everything secure after the pandemic hit. And then he basically goes on saying that he absolutely cannot believe the way things have gone. Or, I mean, he can, but it should prove that we really need to rethink how all of these economic models are moving. And he he was saying, like, he thought after 2008, people would have woke the fuck up. Yeah. And like, uh, did you see what happened? Okay, so you're still not going to do that? So he then goes on to say, because the no one you know, took a cue in 2008, he said, quote, but in sp- uh, instead, government's response to the financial crisis only, quote, increased freedom for the truly powerful, who always find a way to escape unscathed. Trickle down mm. economics, Pope Francis continued, persists as, quote, the dogma of neoliberal faith. And that last quote, neoliberal, like him, him uh, criticizing that's some neoliberalism. MLK shit. That's some MLK. <laughs> that's some like, uh, that is some Bernie bro shit. That's he, like straight up. Yeah. I mean, but straight like facts, neoliberal though. is a is a bad word. I kind of I'm feeling that. Well, yeah. I think if you're looking purely on what the outcomes are and the policies that are being preached and promoted, then yeah, that's a it's been an utter failure. It's uh, yeah, we've we've absolutely. completely we've rang the towel dry uh, for any possible other outcomes. It's like maybe if we squeeze it a little more, something else will come out. It's like no, it's only death and despair and pain and sorrow unless you can really you know begin to <laughs> treat people and their labor uh, like it's worth as much to the people who you know just sit back and and, and cut the checks. But his his whole vibe generally since he came into office, no, into popedom. Throne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> since he uh Popemobile? Yeah. The since he came into occupying the Popemobile. The papacy. Papacy. Yeah. Papacy. Papacy. I'm chasing uh, that papacy. Since he papped up a level. Papacy. Papacy sounds like something I get done at the gynecologist's office. <laughs> <laughs> that papacy got me why. Um, <laughs> but since, since he came in, like he was succeeding a dude who wore like red, fancy red leather shoes with like gold trim and, uh, like walked around with a cape and a scepter and, you know, was just born to, he thought the giant Pope hat, uh, was understated. He was like, yo, we need to make that thing a little bigger. The, the previous guy. And then he came in and he was like, all right, I'm not going to live in like this gold encased mansion and I'm just going to like eat dinner with normal people and not go with all the trappings of living like I'm an 18th century monarch and uh and I don't know guys I miss the old pope straight yeah. from the go pope Well this <laughs> is I know. This is that's what I'm saying though this is the system breaking down because now uh. that he like you know is around other human beings he starts seeing uh, reality, you know, <laughs> right, now, than now suddenly gilded cage, right now it's, suddenly it's he's... interesting though. Cause that like that the Pope would have something that spot on to say, like mm. he's, he's so, he lives in fucking the Vatican. <laughs> right. <laughs> like how would you expect, expect someone who lives in the Vatican to be, to feel connected that much to be like, fuck capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. If you Shout can't, yeah. Him. Like, it's it's always interesting to see people like who we would look at as like they do not live like normal people have a grasp on what that might be and I'd imagine when you are like in you know a religious figure 
you are actually interacting more with people who are in need or whether that's guidance or spiritual guidance or physical shelter or whatever keeps you in touch. But it's always nice to be like, when you hear people who can't go outside without a bunch of bodyguards, like have like a somewhat human take is always refreshing. Cause most of the time these people are like, I don't know. I've, I've never shook a hand of someone who <laughs> didn't make a billion dollars in maybe 23 years, I would say. Right. Um, I, and I also don't go I, to stores where there are other people inside. We usually, we, we, we clear it out. Clear that out. Yeah. I, my like baseline for people that are in that type of position is like Justin Bieber leaving a monkey in Germany. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. that disconnected. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, you don't have a like, well, he didn't have a normal childhood, but like a normal existence is not, it like it can't it can't happen for you. You right. have no understanding of how like the world works. So I'm just every time I go to it, I'm like, what would just how would Justin Bieber react? Oh, they didn't react that way. Incredible, <laughs> amazing, wow. Yeah, or like that guy from BTS who said he lost like 35 pairs of AirPods in a couple months because he just not doesn't give a fuck and he's just like always oh just like God. being like, oh, I'll get like, a wait, new those pair. aren't disposable. I would love to be his like cleaning lady. And oh, yeah. Like, he's not going to miss them. I'm just going to sell AirPods on the side. Right. <laughs> Constantly. All my friends are getting hooked up. You're like, half the time yeah. I take one of the AirPods out and hide him from him because then he'll leave it and get a new pair. And then I just, I'll sell it to you, bro. BTS is still the rich. Steal from them, too. I don't care. <laughs> How much money do they get though? Are they are they one of those things? Are they one of those groups, though, that's like owned by a parent company who like actually siphons all their wealth? Were they kidnapped at 12? That's what I want to know. Because they like they have like some of those groups that were like trained from like eleven or twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Right to be like giant stars. Yes, raised in a I, bubble of like being just handsome and unconnected uh, to any any like starlet, the lest they lest they yeah exactly. Uh, handsome they, and they unconnected. Try to, <laughs> they try to keep the pope, uh, you know, on the prowl. They don't. Pope, they don't have, want the Pope to get married. You have like a bachelor vibe. We can't yeah. like let you be. <laughs> oh yeah. And down. The Pope fucks. That's for sure. Um, oh yeah. Fucks. He was talking about how he fell in love with a woman back in Argentina when he was Did in the he? seminary. What? Yeah, you know. He wow. Was Damn. Or he was. I'm sorry. Or he was edging. I would hate to, you know, bring the Pope into, yeah. but the Pope was definitely edging. You know, because yeah. that's how he doesn't want to completely go there and 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 invite the. Uh, the uh, anger of the Lord, but mm. he gets his. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And it's time for our uh, brain bleach rundown of mm. what we watched over the weekend. Miles, you watched the new Adam Sandler joint. Yep, Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. Hubie was not a pre-existing character, right? Like this No. They treat it like it's a like Hubie Halloween would be the title you gave to like a Medea movie, like Medea Halloween or you know, like a pre-existing or, character. What was right. that? What was that like weird guy who'd be like uh Ernest? It was it Ernest. Yeah, yeah, Ernest goes to camp. It's like Hubie goes to camp. <laughs> right. Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Uh so t- tell us Miles. What 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 is the latest uh, facet of the Adam Sandler cinematic universe uh, bringing? ASCU. Yeah, ASCU. Are you are you DC or ASCU? <laughs> oh, I'm ASC. Fuck M. Fuck the Marvel cinematic universe too. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as somebody who you know is a 
fucking kid who saw every sh- movie in the 90s and like loved 90s SNL and the p- big part of that is Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler movies and I said this last time for better or worse I've I probably have ingested every single you know Happy Madison film I, I, up until when he started doing like those cash grabs with Sony but like you know the the, the main ones you know Billy Madison Happy Gilmore uh, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, all that shit. Mr. D. The Wedding even. Singer. The Wedding Singer. You know, it goes on and on. So this is like kind of interesting because it brings everything into this film. Like all the people who have been in Sandler films have like bit parts or are like, you know, cameos. I don't even like the first cameo is like a really strong one for a Sandler flick. Uh, like not even for a Sandler flick, but like when you when you see this person as the character they are, you're like, oh, wow, like we're really we're really going down like memory lane with a lot of Adam Sandler characters. The main character, Hubie is like canteen boy. So yeah. He's like, and he has like a little thermos that's like magical. So there's like a lot of winks and nods to past films, whether that's like the main, um, like love interest being like some Ver- like Veronica Valentine, the same thing as Veronica Vaughn or Vicky Valancourt in the water boy. Wait, the, the main love interest name is Veronica Valentine. It's like something it's a, it's like a double it's- V name. Yeah. Right. Wow. With, with Homegirl from uh, Modern Family, who was in uh, Happy Gilmore. Um, wow. Julie Bowen. Julie Bowen. Right. 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 Yeah. So like Vi- Violet Valentine. Violet Valentine. Violet. That's what it was. Hello, Violet so, Valentine. Yeah. And it's fu- like, <laughs> so it's got a lot of, there's fucking uh, Will from Stranger Things is in it looking like he's fucking 28 already. It's That was probably oh, the no. most jarring oh. thing is Will oh, from Stranger no. Things is in it. And Her Majesty was like, Yo, that's the boy that's from quarantine. Stranger Things. And I was like, no, nah, that's a 28-year-old man. I don't know who the fuck that is. That ain't that <laughs> that's, boy that's with just, the haunted face. That's how quarantine aged him. We all worked in different ways, you know? Well, yeah, and I, you realize like how we're we're used to seeing them in like increments of three years now or something like that. So right. they're and they're at that phase now where they're rapidly becoming like young adults. Um but it was like overall really really fucking enjoyable it was really pleasant yeah it's just fucking i'm so happy to hear that it's hard to say like i didn't like it there's there like tim meadows is in it and him and maya rudolph have scenes together they're so (gasps) fucking funny in it um fucking ray liotta is in it there's just a lot of weird uh you know shout out to god a friend of the pod Blake Clark, uh, my boy's my friend Nick's dad, who was Farmer Fran in The Water Boy and like in many other things, like, yeah, you're not talking like this guy. Uh, he's in there too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. From 51st Dates as well. I mean, it's got like, so like when you watch it, no matter what, you're like, it's the, oh, and they're in it too. And it feels like, you know, like a great It time. would be a dream to be in an Adam Sandler movie, not for the final project, but just to be on set. Cause yeah. like everybody's rolling through, and it's like it just—I just feel like Crafty would be really good. Everybody's <laughs> chilling. It's probably in Hawaii. Like it's yeah. like David Spade and Chris Rock are probably there. <laughs> like yeah, you know, yeah. just like every all of his friends. He's built his like career so to fun. like be a good time, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. His, his career, his movies, the ones that he makes, are like him and his friends on vacation in Hawaii yeah. getting paid for by the movie. And it's right. like, that would be, it would be great to be that one of his friends. Right. Yeah. And he seems to like do right by them. Like when he gets all these like massive residual checks, he's like, all right, I got everyone Tesla's and here's like a uh, fucking he, some land. <laughs> I'm a huge Adam Sandler fan. I'm not a, like, I don't necessarily think all of his movies are like, like masterpieces or whatever, but I'm like a huge Adam Sandler fan because he seems like a really sweet, good guy. Yeah. His, 
He is a he beat the curse of stand-ups being bad at acting. In like in Spanglish and Uncut Gems, all that shit. Like he's proved himself as an actor, I think. And then also his like most recent stand-up special, it just reminded us like so oh fuck. Like he's a stand-up. This is what got him, got us Adam Sandler. We for like people give him shit for his movies, but he's a fucking bomb ass stand-up. Like his last hilarious. special I watched three times in a row. Like I was I was like, there's Oh yeah. Even this a reference could be. to the stand-up where there's a part where he goes, Ghost. He go, he does oh, the really? fucking oh, really? salute from like the, the the song bit that he does about flying a <laughs> plane so or the funny. train going off the tracks. Yeah. Like yeah, where I'm like, yeah. yes, from the stand-up so special. <laughs> so there's a, a ton if like your mind is jam-packed with memories from Sandler, like everything. You'll I don't know, like that's what was really fun about it was it was an easy watch. It was a complete utter distraction from the hellscape of our modern world. And uh Really, really solid movie to just, you know, regress to uh, and feel like a kid. And I will say, like, there's a couple, ca- Jack, I've some of these cameos I want to tell you about on mic right now, but in a way, I just want you to see them because there's moments where I was, I was like, oh, this fool is in the movie. And then I'm like, this, they're not, com- they're not comedians. And then you watch, you're like, damn, that was pretty good, though. All right. I'm not gonna lie. That was, <laughs> oh, that was, man. that was done well. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I will say if you, if unlike the other trash fires I've had to watch, um, over the course of, of this, uh, experiment we've been doing on the show, I'm like, I was really like, I would watch it again. It's just, it's just, it's fun. It's easy. Yeah. So, I mean, my, there's one thing that I don't usually get down with, with Adam Sandler movies, and it's when he's doing a voice the whole time. Uh, mm. Like Little Nicky, Waterboy were not my favorite Sandler movies, and it seems like he's doing a voice this time. Oh, yeah. But it also seems <laughs> like uh, it's less, uh, I don't know, like Little Nicky and the Waterboy both seem like they were designed to be annoying, whereas the trailer for this one, it just seemed like him doing kind of his... His yeah. silly voice. There, I yeah. will say, that's I, so funny. You have like a Batman opinion. You're like, I just don't like the second voice. I don't like. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but for that's Sandler, right. yeah. it's the AS, ASCU man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which it's, interpretation of Sandler. Do you like his voice? This this uh, accent uh, affect he's got in this one is a little bit hard to understand. I'm not gonna lie. Like there are moments yeah. when, like I am gonna put the. He's always the like Joe Bynum. Joe Bynum is gonna. It doesn't have the back of the police and Joe Bynum. Is gonna <laughs> set your cities down. The one thing I really did love, which made me realize how much of like a West Coast, like you know, concrete jungle rat I am, is is that it takes place in Salem, Massachusetts, like in the fall, and I straight up did not believe it was a real place. Like I was like, I, really? I was watching with her, imagine, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this, man? This ain't real. Where is this? <laughs> Some fucking set. Looking all right. fucking whimsical and shit. She's like, that's that's Salem, Massachusetts. You've never I'm like, I don't know about Salem, Massachusetts, but this looks <laughs> Wait, very Wait, have you calm. never seen Hocus like, Pocus? I know, Hocus Pocus. Nah. <gasps> uh bro. Dude. I mean, that's our next rewatch. I, I'm Hocus sorry. I, we... I, well, you know, it's it's against my religion, you know, to to deal with any <laughs> kind true, of magic in that, you know, yeah, way. Yeah. It's, a, it's against my religion to deal with any virgins lighting a black flame candle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, but... I don't deal with virgins. Okay, sluts only. <laughs> That's like Pope Francis. He's like fucking. <laughs> yeah, you know, they got. I know he's only. down with Magdalene. You know Stay what I mean? Yeah. They got to be. Yeah, they got to be. They got to be versed in the Pentateuch, if you know what I mean. Uh, but mm. the whole thing with, I, I don't know about, so no clue. I'm guessing Salem, <laughs> that's the first bi- five books of the Bible. 
Uh, Got it. And oh. I don't know why. You know, I just thought it was a weird <laughs> joke to make. But in Hocus Pocus, that also takes place in Salem. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks and it's like, like the look- Salem witch trials, like the witches. So it starts from the premise. What if the Salem witch trials were really about witches? <laughs> like, what if, what if those were actual witches? Oh, clearly it, written by a man. Right. Clearly. Right. <laughs> right. Um, They're like, my power is to take every, your life in the form of alimony payments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that stars uh, Sarah Jessica Parker mm-hmm. in uh, underrated performance. Bette Midler. And, and Bette, Bette Midler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kathy yeah. Jamie, yeah. But it was um, so good. That that brings me to uh, you know SJP always reminds everyone of Sex in the City, and Emily in Paris uh, is a Darren Star joint, a Darren Star oh. creator of Nine Hundred Two One Zero, Melrose Place, and Sex in the City. Uh, I did not realize that going in, um, and he's done it again, baby. He is. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? So. Like those shows were compulsively watchable. Sex in the City was I don't know. Like I I really love Sex in the City, but it's kind of trash. Like it's like uh yeah. definitely like lowbrow, funny, fun uh garbage TV that was like none of those shows are realistic portrayals of what life is like while Anywhere. living in those situations. <laughs> Right, like Sex in the City, she is a blogger who lives in like who's really fucking rich, really rich, and like her outfits, her wardrobe, her uh, apartment, like she is just living that best life in New York City. It's not realistic; it is a fantasy, and it's a lot of fun to live. Uh, That's what this dude does, Um, and yeah, like the the complaints I'm seeing so. Emily in Paris has taken over like the the Twitterverse, uh, a lot of social media this week because people who are French really hate it. People who are like cultural like elites uh, really hate it. You mean the it. people who are like doing those like R.I.P. Notre Dame posts on Instagram, probably like those yeah, people? Are like exactly. I can't believe what the- have they been there? I was yes. there for a semester. Nothing like people like are mad that uh like she just waltzes in there and like everything works out for her magically and it's like yeah that's kind of what well, we're Well is she a white in. girl? <laughs> yeah. She's a white girl. She's a Well then pretty it white seems girl. realistic. This yeah. was a documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hard hitting. Um I do think though like I will I haven't seen any of this. Show. I haven't seen Sex in the City and I haven't seen Emily in Paris. Sex in the City, I almost lost a friendship over because somebody was like, it's, it's feminist, you love it. And I'm like, I don't know these rich bitches. Like, <laughs> like right. I can't relate to I might watch it. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, but uh, Emily in uh, Paris, like, I, I do think that, like, there is this obvious, like, hyperfixation in TV and movies to, like, have this, like, fantasy of, like, everything works out or like, it's like, like they're just beyond like anybody, you knows rich, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's all these like really fucking rich people interacting. And we like love watching that. Cause we're like, that's going to be me someday for sure. Definitely going to happen. But also what parasite taught us is that this shit could be so entertaining when you like have the other society. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. If you acknowledge class, it can be like so good. And like, I I just, I don't know. I'm also one of those people that sometimes when I'm scrolling through Netflix and I just see like the, the, the poster, like the, the images that they have on Netflix, it's like, 
rich white people, rich white people, rich white people. And I'm just like, I'm no. tired. My I'm eyes like, cannot mm, handle the this. The man has I'm, spotless white linen pants. I'm not watching this based on the fucking cover. If you are if you can afford wearing fucking white pants in a movie, I can't relate to you. Yeah. That means you're not <laughs> like, driving, you're not cooking, you're probably not even sitting somehow. Like, it's right. not for you. <laughs> you're just carrying you like by, Ariana Grande. <laughs> like, carried I, by I, hummingbirds to, from place to place. One time I was eating at an Italian restaurant and I was sitting there and I watched this woman walk in with this like fancy fucking white wool dress. And I was like, she and I will never connect about anything. (laughs) You want an Italian restaurant in white? Bitch, what do you have in your life that's wrong? Like, there's no way. (laughs) And she ordered the lasagna and said, no utensils. Oh, my God. (laughs) Crazy. She just drank a, a bucket of sauce. The scene she was eating meatballs like they were apples. Okay, now I can re- now I can relate to her. Um, but yeah, I mean, her stylist, the main character, Emily's stylist, is the star of the show. Like whoever is oh. uh, dressing oh, dressing that character stylist. does it. Yeah, it's she looks great. The everything <laughs> looks, great. looks great. Like the character. Uh, is a little bit simplistic in her interaction with French culture. Like people are like the French hate it. And for good reason, like she acts like she's never had a croissant before or even heard of a croissant. Like there's this moment where she takes a bite of a croissant and then is like, what? And then like, uh, posts on social media, butter plus chocolate equals heart. And it's like, yeah, that like, People who travel to Paris as brand like managers probably have heard of croissants. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and like she tells her boyfriend, like, what are you talking about? You can come visit me and just go to the Louvre during the day. And it's like, yeah, all right. So like Beyonce's wh- like, we've got that shut down for filming. <laughs> right. So yeah, you sorry. Can't come. Yeah. Also, sorry. whose version of Paris is this? Like, this is just like the somebody who took a tour of Paris via a postcard stand. Um, this was like me when I was like 11 and my parents, like we, we got to go to Paris and my parents were like, let's see everything touristy possible, but in the least romantic way. Right. <laughs> As right. an Indian family <laughs> in Paris fighting uh, atop the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> the side characters though, like the French, the Parisian characters hate her just as much as you would expect them to based on like, Going How to clueless she is, and the fact that she's going to France and doesn't speak French, they're like, that's arrogant. And it is. And yeah. like, she is an arrogant American. And I don't know. I saw an article lamenting that people are like, hate watching this terrible show instead of watching good TV. Um, like, this is some one off Hallmark movie that we're all just like watching to hate this it. Is, but this is the, the Tiger King of the third trimester of quarantine. Right. But know, it's. Right. You don't, first of all, you don't get to police like what type of culture people enjoy just based on your like bougie liberal art sensibility. But also like this is, this is the sort of shit that has been succeeding on TV for ever, like for 30 years by this exact same writer and producer. Uh, and also like, I don't think everyone is hate watching it. I think a lot of people are enjoying it. It's escapism, I'm sure. Yeah, it's escapism and it's silly and light and, but that's how, you know, that's the genius of this is like, you have some dude who's probably just rich beyond most people's comprehension 
uh, writing a show about a normal person and like creating weird class solidarity or like the idea, like a solidarity with this ideal lifestyle or something. But to Paul, your point is like, it doesn't like when you see that it's like this genre in a way may also begin to like hollow itself out because as the reality of what our possibilities are seem a little more bleak, seeing shit like this is like almost like, yo, get this shit off my fucking screen. Like, yeah, I, I want to fucking hear about I just get tired this. of it. I right. just get t- like, I, w- I wouldn't get tired of it if we had more parasites. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, balance if, some if this was like, yeah, if there was some balance, I, I want to see <laughs> like people are like, you don't want to see like sad shit. And it's like, we're this is sad to me because this just reminds me of right. everything else. So but like, why not just you. get straight no. to the point? But what if this, this was you? What if this was you? What if I was white? Keep watching this. What if this was you? What if this was you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, know what I do. But I mean, it's kind of like Bollywood movies, too. Like, the reason that they cut to, like, the Alps or whatever and are dancing in it is for escapism. It's, like, for the little amount that, like, people in India, like, would pay to go to the movies in, like, rural areas or whatever. They'd have, like, these giant, like, projectors or whatever of movies and stuff in, like, uh, not in the cities. And, and, and they would show, like, the Alps. And that's how, like, people would see the Alps, right? So it's like that. But it's, like, like knowing... <laughs> like just fucking knowing that that money could go elsewhere during a pandemic you know what i mean like sure. th- like i'm just like i i obviously there's this escapism that we all need and we all want and that's why we watch all these things and you know like people watched gossip girl and were like fully into it and i'm like none of the, like my friends were fully into it and i was like you would be friends with none of these people <laughs> but it's like we love seeing that shit but also simultaneously, it's like sometimes I'm just like, just inject the poverty into my veins because I just want to see what the fuck the other people are dealing yeah. with while these people are in Paris, you know? Right. I don't know. Um, just a couple like things that should probably be pointed out. Darren Starr is 59. The character, Emily, is like a social media coordinator. <laughs> and oh, like no. not. Yeah, that it's about what you would expect. It's like... This- this is how like they ran Quibi. Yes, right. yeah, it's got some Quibi Quibiness going on. Is there a is is our memes part of the plot at all? Yes. Oh uh, yes. You got some boomerangs. Okay. You got some memes. She gets Boomer- retweeted oh, by wow. uh, Macron's wife at one Whoa. point. That's a big key. Uh, plot Mary Kate point. Olsen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's you know that's Sarkozy's it's brother. Fun, not they, yeah. They also didn't get the real social media brands. They got like the other brands, but they didn't. Twatter and right. first book. Google. <laughs> when she Googles something, it's just search in Google lettering. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, o- overall. That's funny. They could afford that plot, but they can't afford those brands. Right. <laughs> like she, I think he heard the whole like she, uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character in Sex and the City had like too nice a an apartment because her apartment in this like is always having problems and it's like a sixth floor walk up and uh, it's not like the nicest thing and also she's like working for a, a high end brand firm but then like her outfit would require generational wealth and her like the fact that she has that does not come up at all really. Anyways, five stars. Like it would be, wouldn't it be fun if, five like stars, now, yeah. f- from any from any movie or like show at the beginning, we're just like, show us your tax returns, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then we're like, okay, we'll get into the character after this. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Right. Right. I need to know, like, what's the struggle it's like? like? <laughs> I want to see the tax credits at the beginning and the regular credits at the end. There you, you know. Go. <laughs> 
Uh, Pallavi, it's been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist as always. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Um, I'm at Pallavi Ganalan, P-A-L-L-A-V-I-G-U-N-A-L-A-N. That's on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, uh, Facebook, and my website. <laughs> uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, one of them is my friend Andrew at the Andrew Nadau, N-A-D-E-A-U. And he had one from September 15th, and it was uh, Time Traveler. I love your volcano. Pompeian. Our what? Time Traveler. Your mountain. Your normal mountain. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then I had another one. Um, uh, my, f- my friend at Dinoman underscore J does these really like sweet comics and they're like, they're sweet and they're funny. And like, I don't know. They're just like very real. And he did one and he put my name in it and it made me almost cry. Cause I never see my name in anything. And I was like, this is better than finding one of those keychains with my name on it at a gas station. <laughs> I was like getting emotional, but it's a, uh, he does like dino comics and they're very cute. And this one, it's called the comment section. And it's like the dinosaurs looking at the the at their laptop, and it's like Tom, great comic, Pallavi, love it, John, ten out of ten, Joe, excellent again, Peter, seven six four three six five three, meh. And then the next panel is why does everyone hate me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miles, where can people find you? And what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, I got uh, let's see, Twitter, Instagram, on occasion. Not all the time, but I am there. You can find me there. Sometimes I will post stories about me making a soft-boiled egg. You never know what kind of content you will find there. At Miles of Grey, also other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. If you like 90 Day Fiance, check that one out. That's what that's where I that's where I escape. Um, and let's see, uh, let's see, c c c c c c c uh, tweet that I like. I'm just gonna see the first one I like. Oh, here's one. It says it is from Jamie Loftus at Jamie Loftus Help. Just got three Monster Energy drinks at Vaughn's, and my cashier said, "Hey, oh, finals coming up." Anyways, just <laughs> letting everyone know, I'm I'm drinking name brand Monster now. <laughs> <laughs> I love name Jamie. brand Monster. Wow, flex. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple tweets I've been enjoying. Dana Gould. Just a good suggestion said stop asking candidates if they believe in climate change and start asking if they understand it it's science not santa claus i think that was valerie clark he was quoting oh and then meredith k tweeted mike pence's real name is mechanical pencil oh i saw that one that was good uh you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on miles what are we riding into this week on oh man i you know because we're i'm old you know i i remember that band outcast uh, oh, yeah. And there, there was this one, uh, you know, this one song called Prototype that I really like. Uh, maybe a kid's heard it. It's got a great guitar in it. But what if, what if we brought it up to speed for the year of our devil, 2020? Uh, this is a remix of Prototype, uh, the Boogie Down mix. 
from D Don't Care. And it's only on SoundCloud. Uh, but it's, look, if you like Proto, if you like that song, this just is like, it's sped up a little bit. And so it gives you a little more energy. Uh, so why not kick your week off with that one? So enjoy this Outcast prototype boogie down mix. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what is trending right now. We will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.